Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Alston. Today, we're discussing Chapter 18. Um, so what did we discuss in Chapter 17? Um, we get to see the Department of Magical Science, which, but if you remember, the Department of Supernatural Investigations has a big Van Helsing, um, statue in the middle, and then, you know, it's all, like, rawr, Van Helsing. The Department of Magical Science, their lobby is much more like a museum, and so you walk in through some, some, like, current, recent, um, scientific discovery that they're currently celebrating and you meet a drone who wants to tell you more about the discovery which is not not terrifying um and um amari goes there to meet elsie to get help with her phone um elsie does a quick update for the ureg app and then finds out the secret that amari was trying to keep from her which is that amari is going to meet Magician Girl 18. Um, and Elsie being the ride or die, the, you know, best friend goals that we all have for ourselves and each other, um, has questions. And so, you know, she's just trying to make sure that Amari has thought through all of the possible consequences of meeting with Magician Girl 18. And then she's like, I'm still your ride or die, so let me ride the elevator with you to go meet magician girl 18. Um, she doesn't get off the elevator, but she does, she does go. Um, the, we're a day before the trial, the trial, the first, the first tryout, the first tryout. Yeah. The first tryout. Um, and so on, in the department of supernatural investigations, they have what's called an immersion and they meet a bogey person who tells them a little bit more about themselves um what they do what they're all about and then Laura is like you know what this is this is a great opportunity to continue to bully and harass Amari so she lets the boogie person know that um Amari is a magician and that she should recognize one of her makers because apparently we find out like magicians made bogey people um or in on our made discovered made yeah created yeah created like i just love how you worded that as well because clearly like at the time that we are reading that in the chapter uh they're talking about needing a permit to terrorize people and lara says i need no permit to terrorize amari peters (laughs) like that's her whole vibe that is true she was like i can do this permit free um the bogey person sees amari says i want no part in what the Moreau and the magician magician kind are cooking up and then she dips she's like so sorry thanks for having me nice to see you got a got a blast um Amari is very shocked by this and um oh also Dylan takes this one moment to kind of separate himself from his sister while everyone is shunning Amari he decides to sit right next to her during this presentation and um 
Laura is not happy about that, which might have actually contributed a bit to Laura's decision to terrorize Amari in such a public manner. Mm-hmm. Not that that's not something that she wouldn't have done anyway, but, you know, probably added a little bit more fuel to her fire. Um, and then after that awful scene, Amari goes to meet Magician Girl 18 with Elsie, her ride or die, riding on the elevator with her, um, where... Um, and, and that's where we leave off is Amari turning around or Amari in the Vanderbilt hotel coming face to face with magician girl 18 and being shocked. Her jaw drops open. That's literally the last sentence. My jaw drops open. Um, and so now we, we over here like who it is. Who is magician girl? Who is it? Uh, is it a friend of mine? Anyway. Who uh, is it? <laughs> we also asked sorry. Oh. We also asked you guys, um, if you were in Amari Peter's shoes, would you go meet Magician Girl 18? And we still want to know the answer to that question. So Yep. Um so we find out Magician Girl 18 is none other than Dylan Van Helsing. Bum 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 Gasp. Egads. Can I just say, I was I was thinking back to this. You know, you, you're rereading a book, right? And so you're trying to remember like what you felt when you first saw this reveal. I had the lovely benefit of Aminata reading this book before me and mm-hmm. Bayana sending her to me when she wanted to scream. So I kind of feel like she told me um beforehand because when i finally read it i was like oh yeah yeah i saw that coming yeah i don't know that i saw that well i didn't let her spoil it for me (laughs) yeah so i I was like yeah um but yeah but you know i couldn't tell if like did i did i actually see that coming or did my like subconscious remember yeah what well, Ami not just told told me, mm-hmm. but I literally was like, "Yeah, that checks out." Of course, it's Dylan. no. It definitely makes sense, <laughs> but it definitely like once I got to it, I was definitely like, "Oh," but it did make sense. Like looking back, like as we're reading it this time, I'm like, "Oh yeah." Although, also like as we we've talked about it offline, like I read this so long ago that I don't actually remember details. So I remember like the yeah. big parts, but how we get there. And like the discoveries made along the way, I don't remember. So there's like a lot of this chapter where I it was kind of like not like I was learning information for the first time, but more like as it was coming, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yep, yep, like it's coming back. But like before <laughs> reading the chapter, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't remember what he said or what like he was trying to, you know, just like what information we were gonna get. Um, yeah. So I think for me, it was like a. It's like once you read enough books and like, or just have enough stories in your brain from all the different ways you can connect to stories. Some things that are like tropes that you're like, "What? Okay, yeah, it does fit. Yep, yep." And that's like explained my when I first read it. The like, I don't know if that I was like super surprised. I was just like, "Okay, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah." And like, it, I think it also definitely has to do with like age too and like yeah. we've read so many books we're ready for the 
because Aminata for sure was shook. She, yeah, the whole time she felt, but she felt betrayed, betrayed. and lied yeah. to, and was did not understand why Dylan was acting this way. If he was also, you know what I mean. So like, I do think like age and and reading enough and like recognizing tropes and things and recognizing. But also, it's the like you're, reading, you're writing to your audience too. So like, yeah, these yeah. are like the first few times you're gonna encounter plot twists like right. this or like reveals and like that kind of thing. Um, that then gets you so that as you get older, you're either expecting it or you know sometimes sometimes somebody will really get you with a with a good one. So um, yeah, and I think that for me, like we keep I keep saying, but I think we all keep been have mentioned the different like episodes of the week, decoms and stuff that this is like storyline like hit similarly to. And I think that um, like again in the age group kind of thing, like it's reminding me a lot of decoms because that's a lot of stuff that I've like encountered in decoms was like the twist is this person who's been slightly kind to you is actually the person who's been even going through the same thing as you. Halloween town. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Felt betrayed all over again. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I think to, and we should like get in further into it and stuff, but like Dylan really explains pretty well to like what it's like from his side mm-hmm. and why he would try to protect himself and, you know, why he felt the need to be. Um, like distant, distant. Um, but also gives her a pretty good insight, or gives the readers, I guess. I don't know if it what it gives Amari, but gives the readers, I think, a pretty good insight of how difficult it must be to not only be in a to be born and raised from the beginning in a society that feels this way about magicians, but to be in a mm-hmm. family that mm-hmm. feels this way, um, and we connect a lot with Amari and um, I think Amari's also able to kind of like roll with the punches, not to say that she's not getting punched. She's not getting hurt, but like deal with the punches a little bit better about being a magician because she is used to being othered and used to being an outsider. And so it's interesting. And I think a great story or tool, um, and story writing exercise of being born to be an insider, being born to be like the person or the chosen one or to be privileged and um, actually internally know that you are more of an outsider. It gives me the sense of like, you know, we don't really love the like, fantasy as an allegory to oppressive systems that already exist, but it re- it kind of reminds me a little bit of the difference between being a racial minority and being queer or a, 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 a invisible minority, I guess is what it's like, you know, cause people, people always say like, you cannot hide being black, right? Mm-hmm. So there's just certain parts of that oppression that you can't shield yourself from that you can't um, negotiate your way out of. You can't, it's just, you know what I mean? Like you walk into a space, you were visibly 
othered. And then there are these other things where it's, you don't, you don't have to, depending on how you present, depending on how people read your social cues or whatever, you don't have to out yourself in every situation. And so there are certain times, especially I was like starting to watch big brother. I think it was like season two and one of, it was wild, but one of the housemates just like immediately is like, there's no gay guys. And he's talking to a gay guy who has not come out because he don't know them people. They've been in there for literally like 20 minutes. And he's like, I, I think that one of these people are gay and they're not coming out with it. And, you know, I'm okay, but like, just, I don't need it around me. And it's just being very like homophobic, like to this gay man. And and then the guy is like, well, why would I feel comfortable talk or outing myself to you? You've already kind of like shown me your casual bigotry. Right. And so then it goes on. And like, I think it takes him a couple of, weeks or, or someone figures it out and like because they said like oh who's married and he said he was married and then they were like what's your wife's name and he didn't answer the question but he's like I never said wife I said that I was married and then they all just started asking me about my wife and this gives me those vibes of like a good glimpse into the differences between like everyone knowing about your marginalization and throwing it in your face and some of the ways in which that's a little bit of a privilege like you you just kind of like have your guard up shielded like people ain't shit and I'm just gonna you know put up my like wear my armor um as opposed to people talking freely about their prejudices and things and then you having to kind of do the navigation of like do I feel comfortable enough exposing that I am actually part of these groups or something? Mm-hmm. Completely different things, but interesting to say. Or interesting to experience, explore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so, you know, he's a, he's a magician. He's, he's, uh... Basically, Amari has a lot of questions, um, but he's like one at a time. Like you know, we we have some time or whatever. I love that she's so mind boggled and like she was like, I got a lot of questions, and apparently, I just spewed them. <laughs> I just, yeah, like a button that she, she didn't have for her curiosity button. She doesn't. Yeah, she, doesn't have she it. still does yeah. not have it. <laughs> nope. Um. So first, she asks why he called himself Magician Girl. Um, Dylan says it was part of his cover. Um, he wasn't sure if he could trust her and the Bureau because, and partially like the Bureau doesn't know about him. Um, and he wants to keep it that way. So he wasn't sure if he would, if she would like snitch essentially. Um, and then we find out that his magic did show up on the crystal ball because he used an illusion, um, which took him months to get right. Um, and then. How is he practicing that though? Is there a fake, can you buy crystal balls that are not like the crystal ball? Well, I think that it's like more of a, can you make something appear to be what, like, you know what I mean? Like, can you make it? It's, I don't know exactly how he's practicing it, but I don't think you would necessarily have to practice it on the crystal ball itself. Or like on a crystal ball even. Like I feel like, like we learn more later in the chapter. 
Yeah, but I just but I just think that it's more like you practice how to trick people or like a great number of people from into seeing like something different from what they're saying, I guess. <gasps> you Sorry, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh South Carolina is in overtime and I was not expecting that. I would have at least turned it on and on mute. I just thought that they're gonna run through these girls like they run through everybody else. Um Okay, so, um, oh, so then Amari's also like, well, why didn't the boogie person, um, smell you? And that's because illusions can fool, um, all of the five senses. So he basically spins, like, like, while he's in the bureau, he's, like, masking his magician scent because he, like, any supernatural, there are, like, plenty of supernatural beings who could sense him otherwise, um. And so Amari's impressed, but Dylan's also like, you're, you know, you're much stronger in your illusions. Um, and while Amari doesn't really feel like he's kind of telling her like how strong that how strong she is. And she's kind of like, well, I can't control it. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and Dylan is like, well, exactly. Like only an extremely powerful magician could have pulled off an illusion of that size without realizing. Um, but Again, it's just like Amari not really feeling confident or as powerful as everyone else is kind of making her out to be. Um, which I like, I just, I mean, just wanted her to like. Believe in her sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to do that when everything around you is telling you not to. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like it makes a lot of sense why she's that way. But every time she has that moment, I'm like, girl. You got this. <laughs> um, so Dylan says that um, he's a pretty average illusionist, but he's a really strong technologist. Um, and so basically he kind of demonstrates how he can send messages without like sending messages, I guess. So like he... Mm-hmm. His her phone buzzes. She pulls it out of his po- her pocket, and there's a message from Dylan. But it's not um, like he didn't have to pull out his phone and send a message or whatever. Um. So Dylan's like, "Magic isn't the curse my dad and everyone else at the bureau make it out to be." I'll bet they gave you a whole speech about how too much magic turns you evil. Blah blah blah. Um. Nobody gave the Knight Brothers their magic. They were born magicians. Um, so yeah, so this is kind of where we start to understand or like get a bit of like information about like how magicians are created. Cause I think that that's kind of been not, um, not completely clear. Um, yeah. But before that, um, they kind of talk a little bit about Amari's conversation with Moreau and about whatever the like weapon or like thing of destructive power might be. And Dylan's like, it could be the black book, which is apparently this book that has like a bunch of really powerful spells. Um, and that it was, sorry. Oh, so a bunch of powerful spells created by Vladimir, who was the strongest weaver the world's ever seen, which is another kind of like magic 
ability, I guess. So, like, so far we've got illusionists, technologists, weavers, and then, like, the blood magic that um, Moreau mentioned a couple chapters ago. Um, and so weavers weave together new spells, um, which is part of the reason why Vladimir, or why the Night Brothers are so powerful, because Vladimir could create new spells, Moreau carries them out, um, and so they were just kind of unstoppable at that point. It's, it's it's really interesting to think about like I mean we talked a little bit when I guess we talked to when we met Moreau and I was saying like I don't really believe in the you are an illusionist and that's the only kind of magic you can have uh-huh. and um and how Moreau kind of kind of brings that to the focus of like oh you don't from what Amari understands it's like I'm an illusionist and that's all I can do and then like Moreau kind of lets us realize that like you magicians can do more than one thing and maybe they like specialize in something mm-hmm. and this is Dylan kind of reiterating that but it's also interesting to think about like a lot of this is also like um just in the what is the word I'm looking, I'm searching for? I'm searching to y'all. Um, <laughs> terminology, I guess, is the best way to say it. Like, being a weaver to me seems very similar or seems like it aligns a little bit with, like, how Elsie is a master inventor, right? But, like, what is magicianing? <laughs> magicianing? What is that if not creating <laughs> But like, if Amari doesn't know what she's doing, then isn't she always creating new spells? Because she's not well, following no, the book. I think that it's like she's using she's her magic is just manifesting how it manifests. She's not controlling it, right? Whereas like the spell, I assume, like directs it to do something specific. You know what I mean? Like she didn't mean to make the thing crack, but if she had, she would have maybe channeled her energy differently or she probably wouldn't have she probably would have been trying to hide it like dylan did and would have used a spell to do that but it kind of makes me think of just it like manifesting however instead of in a like specific yes yeah um so that's kind of like what they're assuming the that's what they're trying to keep from the night brothers is the black book um it's meant to be locked away in the great vault in the department of supernatural investigations um so yeah and so amari's like do you think it might contain spells that that could destroy the bureau um and dylan's like he doesn't know but they'd be far beyond the abilities of an ordinary magician you'd need an incredibly magical you need to be incredibly magical to even use them like born magician magical like moreau himself or like amari um so yeah it's like so born magicians are so special because they're super rare um and dylan says it's like nature itself chose you to be a magician the rest of us inherit our magic from other magicians um so that's kind of the difference is you know do you you're born that way or um you get it through the apprenticeship spell um which isn't something that you could just get without knowing that you've gotten it so there's no way amari could just like 
have been given her magic and not know it because um, the spell is like really strong and you, you know. You remember that stuff. Yeah, you would you would not forget. And I think there's also probably like some intention behind it too. Like you can't like it seems like because basically, um you it binds you to that magician forever and you two are basically share the same magic. So it's not like like you would have to know. You just definitely would have yeah. to know. It seems like it would have to be intentional on both sides and not just something that somebody passes to you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of information in this chapter, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It it definitely is like, goes to like the world building and like the rules of magic and, um, Mm -hmm. things that we're not, you know, we get these things piecemeal, um, but we're finding out a lot. Amari's finding out a lot. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black Magical History Month is over, but that doesn't mean the magic stops here. We have a whole year planned, jam-packed with fantastical book reviews, new podcast drops, fandom coalition work, and of course, more Amari. And that's all thanks to our BNC baddies over on Patreon. At any tier, baddies get cool perks like monthly live streams, behind the scenes, and bonus content. If you want to help us on our mission to advocate for and contribute to meaningful representation in media for Black folks all year round, become a baddie today at www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. So Amari asks Dylan who gave him his magic. Um, Dylan definitely, like, is hesitant to do that because it's another really big secret. Um, And he says that he's telling her this only to prove that being a magician doesn't automatically make you a bad person. Um, So they pinky promise, which is adorable. (laughs) And honestly, like binding, you know what I mean? Like I definitely, it is, it's a contract. Yeah. I'm like, if we, if we're locking pinkies, this is for real. Um, So uh, we know the story. I will say though that I wish that, Sorry. I will say I wish that Amari... I mean, she has no leg to stand on here, but I do wish Mm -hmm. she was a little bit more... um, I feel like she just lets him off really easily for... Mm. Like, she's just happy that he's another magician, and so she's like, yeah, a little pinky promise. I got your back. We're in this together. And I'm like, Ari, though? I mean, like, not to set up my whole... Mm, soapbox ministry uh, <laughs> thought process of behind how I feel about these Van Helsings. Um, but I think that specifically, I did not like how it seems like Dylan is one manipulating her. Like from the beginning, he's like calling into question her ability for his ability to trust her. And then making having her promise to him that she will keep his secret and just like endearing her in a way to his plight because of his inability to share who he really is and her being an empathetic person. It feels manipulative and like, especially given that he hasn't really shown any her any real reason to trust him. Um, even whenever he's been nice to her, it's been very much under the guise of like, um, I can only give you like pity points every once in a while because otherwise, like, too bad, I'll blow my secret. 
And I don't like how accepting she is of his explanation for his mistreatment of her um, and how she automatically is like, oh, I want to show him that he can trust me rather than her being like, he should be showing me why I should trust him. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, exactly. 100%. And I think that like, you know, she's been set up in this way because she's been so isolated and because mm-hmm. Lara has been like gunning for her and Dylan hasn't really stood up and like he again he'll he has explained a bit and he'll explain a little bit further just like his thought process but again like y'all are saying like it doesn't excuse the behavior and but again I'm already so excited to just have someone who she feels understands her or at least is like has something in common with her um that she's definitely not thinking along those lines at all. And it, yeah, and I feel like she's yeah, and it's everything that like we're seeing from her is very understandable, and I get, I get it, and I think that like not to keep bringing up like how young she is, um, I think she's just not, she's not cynical enough yet not cynical yeah. that seems like a weird thing but like um <laughs> but I think you do need a, a certain amount of cynicism and then I also think I also feel like she is so used to in like these like school or peer settings right because I don't think that this is true of like she's not begging for like she sticks like you said like Amari fight she sticks up for her brother she um tells Jaden, the like homie from the walk, like she tells him how it is, right? Like in these in the places in which she feels a little bit more comfortable and accepted, I think she has a lot more um she gives herself more agency, I guess, or gives herself more um power. But I think in these settings, right, like Jefferson and now the bureau it just feels like she's not accepting scraps but she's just so used to getting nothing that anything feels like like she doesn't even think like oh he's he's asking he's trusting me but can i trust him mm-hmm. does he have my best interest at heart obviously like there have been a couple of ex- of instances where he doesn't have her best interest or well-being top of mind um and i think it's i hate to say it like this but i feel like she's just so accepting of that as being the norm in these spaces that it doesn't even register to her that she should be demanding stuff from him as well and yeah and as you say that um one i think it's we could be to even be even franker about like age and because I'm always I always push back on age because of people's different life experiences and how some people have had it early on to like mm-hmm. have reasons why they just really just go like really young age why they mistrust people and I just want to make that like open but at the same time um, I think that like her lack of experience with building friendships among her peers is a big like component of this like as you were saying Mm -hmm. and specifically peers who like from Jefferson um and 
here who've like are part of a different background, like income, social economic background. Like this is probably the first time one of those people has actively seemed like they were trying to extend an olive branch to her of friendship um, because of how ostracized she was at Jefferson and how she's also here. And Laura is very explicit and showcasing how like she just, one of the reasons why she doesn't think that Amari belongs is because everyone else has been part of this for generations because their families have been part of this. And Amari is the outlier and she's that um, she doesn't belong. Um, and so I think, maybe Amari is like, this is what I should expect from someone of this like privileged background. If they're going to be a friend to me, this is how they do friendship because she's never experienced it any differently. Um, she's had friends from her own neighborhood and has a whole different kind of friend, you know, experience. So she's maybe she's going into this thinking like people of this background do friendship this way. Friends of this background do it another way. She's just like, kind of like making excuses for why things are the way they are. Yeah. It's so sad. But it is, it's like you, especially at this time when a lot of these experiences are your first experiences, they do set you up for like, this is how these things go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they set your expectations. Yeah. I hate it. So Dylan explains that um, Abraham Van Helsing was able to drive that stake into Vladimir's heart because he was one of Vladimir's magician apprentices. Yes. Um, Van, <laughs> so basically there's this whole line of Van Helsing magicians that have been passing magic through their family um, and keeping it a secret from the rest of their family. So, um, uh, so Can I just say... Uh-huh. There is a I'm trying to say this in like the best way po- or most peace politically correct. I don't know. There is an inherent whiteness to that that I can't fully wrap inheritance. My head it's all about inheritance and like, but, but not even that. Like the keeping, like there are plenty of like secrets kept in like I'm black, so I'm gonna say in black families and in black culture like there are tons of things that like we don't talk about or we don't do this or like you know you know that aunt's a little funny and that uncle stay away from him type of you know and we don't call things by or we're not explicit with things but I don't there there seems to be at least in my experience of the black family and the black culture and and like and a very like us unit type of thing that I can't mm-hmm. imagine. Basically, he's saying like I have a twin sister who does not know this whole portion of my like that my mm-hmm. family history. Mm-hmm. Like I have a twin sister who I do not trust, or there's like this these just who is a bigot. Yeah, and I'm just living like one side of my family are are bigots, and like there's generations yeah, of us of my in family the are bigots, same and the other family. side are the thing. Just living with this bigot and like not challenging it, not even that like they need to say like I'm a magician or there's a whole like right, they're not, lineage they're not, of like, Van Helsing magicians, they're but not, they're not even challenging. They're not using mm-hmm. their status as magicians to like 
push or change. Or Especially just like as you're a magician and a Van Helsing, and you have yeah. all of this like social capital and like all of a sudden, and instead of like pushing that to change the way that like magicians are treated, whether you out yourself as a magician or not, instead they just like stay. They kind of keep to themselves, pass it on. Very like secret society. It gets very much like yeah. gay white Republicans. Like it gets yes, like it's it gets, very like, long, it's long cabin Republican. That's what it. It's yeah. very much like I can't imagine splitting myself in two like that. It's mm-hmm. that is crazy to me that like I would sit here and just let my father just. Unche- and like not even that like because it's okay that's your father or whatever but let my sister who i now have the same like we have the same amount of power and i kind of have a little bit more power because i'm a boy i'm not gonna check you because <laughs> that is un- that is like um that is uncouth to them that is not yeah it's like a it's polite. a challenging nice it's, or, a it's like being niceness society. or politeness yeah yeah that it's and that's why I'm saying that's why I was trying to be like politically correct about it, but like it's a very white thing of like people like you know you always hear people being like how to handle going home to your racist family and I'd be like check them or check don't em. go home why like you still why is that home you still talk, they do you talk to them for what why are you why is you worried about making your your, your racist uncle feel comfortable over turkey right why is i why is he comfortable coming to your house i personally don't think he should be happy coming to my house i think he should be afraid to step through my doorway that's just me though how to deal with the fact that some of your family's in january it's called fbi (laughs) oh mama you was at you was at the capitol i love i like aside i love the little the white uh kids there's like a white teenage girl who did it for one of her parents and i was like yes like this is exactly how you should respond like called him in like oh that's my uncle bobo yep Mm -hmm. this is his address because he's gonna be there around six o'clock because he gets off of work at 5 30 and it takes 30 minutes to get home he's like a clock clockwork he'll be there at six o'clock got you got you i just It, it 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 boggles the mind. <laughs> boggles. Mind is boggled, y'all. Because why would you put yourself in a position to make it seem as if you care about other people to the extent that you would make your family uncomfortable? Because what is life if not going through it with as many comforts as possible? And how dare you at all shake the table? And make things uncomfortable. How dare you? Couldn't be me. That's all I got. That's all I got. Um, Couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't be me. (laughs) So we we find out that uh, his uncle passed uh, magic to Maria. And then um, once she made special agent, she passed it to Dylan. Um, so we know that Maria is a magician too. And that's part of the reason why, or that is the reason why Dylan knew how to beat the crystal ball because his family has been doing it for 700 years. And I just feel like you could have started from the beginning. How does nobody know that Abraham Van Helsing was a magician? Like, that's crazy to me. You know, in line with Robin's uh, discussion point, I wrote here, people in power maintaining the status quo while benefiting from the oppressive systems. Right, and it's also like not even maintaining the status quo. Like y'all built this shit, right? Up, yeah, but like, like they also built the guys. Like they're like they're maintaining the status quo because there's like 
they're not changing it up. They're not letting the crystal mm-hmm. ball like just like they're like over seven hundred years. We've done our best to maintain that like they don't need to know that there's magicians in the family. For what reason? You built this like seriously? Yeah. I do have one question that's not related to that. It's related to Dylan being a magician, but not related to that. But um does that I'm I'm wondering if that means that he actually does have that supernatural ability or if that was an illusion too. What do you mean the supernatural ability? Because he used the Oh, oh the athletic one? No, that's Laura. No, that's Laura's. No, he gets two. That's the one that he he had flash was that he was supernatural. Oh, he has marksmanship to physics defying aim. So he has good aim. Oh, that he had the same one as his twin. No, they have different ones. They have different ones. Um, Laura has her heart. Laura has the athleticism, but he has, I guess, like great aim, which we haven't like seen yet. But it, and I can't remember if we do see it, but it definitely just made me think this time. Like, was that fake? Yeah, because even yeah, because you know what I mean. Because you can still use right. Like you can make it an illusion that you have good aim. Like it's not so right. Yeah, it's just like. Maybe that's like an me. illusion that he has. He's really good at, or maybe that's right. a spell that's that he knows. Like he knows how to have. Like there's mm-hmm. a perfect aim spell or something like that. Right. So, so he then he like made the illusion. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. and it's also like it's like it's he chose that like it's a it was an actual thoughtful choice because it throws mm-hmm. them off of his actual supernatural ability of like being right. a technologist. Like it's not no it's nowhere right. 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 right, right. He's that. a technologist, so he could have messed with the okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's how he knew no. Amari's test results. Um, ahead of like texting yeah. her as a magician girl. Yeah. But it's it is true though like to think about like why wouldn't he have made his supernatural ability like technological genius because he wants to throw him off yeah yeah that part makes sense it was more just like whether or not he had an extra ability like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean in the way that like everyone else gets an extra ability and amari didn't um she was just like she's just a magician or was not just a magician but you know what i mean but you know Um, what though because he was given his magic, he might also the Chris. If he could have thrown an illusion to the crystal ball that he's not magic, then that maybe the crystal ball is not did give him that. that did give him that power. because it didn't. It didn't. It couldn't recognize his magical potential. Yeah, like Amari has so much magical potential, um, or she just is a born magician. Right. And, and so his magic pers- wasn't dormant the way that hers was. Yeah. Or maybe like his magic maybe the crystal ball gave him marksmanship if it did give him marksmanship um if he didn't just make that a thing. Um because that's what he like you were saying that his, that is his specialty as an illusionist. So instead of illusion, it went with the closest thing close to it which was marks like his best illusion is marksmanship and that's mm-hmm. what it spit is what it spit out. It's like playing common denominator. What's the mm-hmm. common? If I can't give this, then it's this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, I can't remember if we actually see him use that power or not. So if we do, we'll maybe get our answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So, uh, oh, so Amari asks if Quentin knew Maria was a magician. Um, Dylan doesn't think so because they're really not supposed to tell anyone. Um, 
And so Amari, it's kind of like, again, she feels she's like, it means a lot that Dylan told her and that like is trusting her with the secret, but not thinking about like, you know, whether she can trust him, like y'all said. Um, yeah. And she's like, why do bad magicians go bad? Um, which this this question is really interesting to me because I'm like, they could just be bad people in general. Not that people are just bad, like, coming out the womb, you know what I mean? But, like, them being yeah. bad isn't con- doesn't necessarily have anything to do with them being a magician. Sidebar tangent, I've been watching... Poker Face on NBC, the one with uh, <laughs> Natasha <laughs> uh, Lyon from uh, Russian Doll. And it's a murder mystery by Ryan Johnson TV series. And the episode I recently watched was um, at a senior facility. And they come off as like the seniors that we're, we're watching the case for. They come off as like these like radical 70s um, activists. And you're kind of like inherently kind of like on their side of like activism. And then they got, they get caught by the FBI. And then that's like their whole story is like, that's, they went from prison to this senior care facility. Um, and it's only later that you figure out like how dastardly they were to be caught by the FBI in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they're two women and one of them is a black woman. And it's like their whole vibe is like, oh, you're like, oh, they, if they were protesting in the seventies, clearly or whatever, you know, they they were protesting Nixon. So of course they clearly got like decent politics. But what they did was so bad. Um, and Natasha Leon, who's the main character, um, her like what her journey through discovery of this is so like consistent with like how I feel like a lot of people feel about like, oh, okay, protesting Nixon in the seventies. Like that's that's right on. Um and it's like, oh, like even people who seem like they're doing like they're in the cause for the right reasons can be bad people and sometimes the system is actually prosecuting people they way need to be prosecuted because of how bad they are actually and i don't want to spoil it by saying like what they actually were planning to do why the fbi caught them but it was so bad that their reasoning behind it like I was like, I can get how they got there, but at the same time, like, there's no way you can't say that what they were going to do was not a thing that should not have been stopped by the government. Like, it's like both. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same for like Amar. She just hasn't gotten to a place where she's seen the both happen. Where like, yes, um, people like you. You don't want to stereotype people because of what they uh are like what their title is and like what they practice or whatever but at the same time sometimes those people are awful and like she's getting that with Moreau a little bit but I don't think she really got to see Moreau being awful awful and I don't think she's been able to see magicians be not in the same league with the Knight Brothers right. and so I feel like without that she's not really able to make this like clarity of like she needs to ask a better question than why are magicians bad like she needs to figure out a better way to voice like what is her concern behind magicians and this like i guess this reputation that they have generally for the whole road of magicians yeah i i think there's something to just not um 
not having the sense of like nuance yet. And like, it is like the, she's asking like, why are magicians bad as opposed to like, why are people bad? Well, she says, why do bad magicians go bad? Or why do magicians go bad? Yeah. Yeah. But she also says bad magicians. She's not like completely lumping mm-hmm. them in, but I think that you're like, you're saying like, it is a, there's a lack of nuance or not. I think she's not completely like she hasn't gotten to the point where it's gotten so bad for her that she's like, oh, I get why <laughs> they're like f them. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's yeah. definitely part of it too. She hasn't quite gotten pushed to her breaking point, I suppose. And then that's the thing too is that like because she's been pushed to a breaking point, like breaking points are different places for different people. Mm-hmm. Like a trigger for my breaking point might be way earlier or later than someone else's breaking point trigger, depending on just, like, who we are as people and what our different triggers are. And she hasn't had that, like, experience yet to, like, see. Because, like, oh, like, hers might be, like, what finally got her to push homegirl at Jefferson, right? Like, what was that trigger? Yeah. Versus Elsie, what make make Elsie boil over and push someone? Like, what would that be? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, Dylan's also like, I don't know, maybe they got tired of being automatically hated just because of the Knight Brothers. um, And they just snap. Um, And he's like, doesn't it make you angry how Lara and the other junior agent trainees treat you? And he says it's one of the reasons why he took a risk and messaged her. Um, He couldn't stand the thought of her believing the hateful stuff the supernatural world wants them to believe. Um. We're different from every other I hate person that in the bureau, he, but that just he makes does that, like, sorry. I hate that he sets that up as, like, him. It's one reason why I took the shot and, like, I, cause I had to step outside of myself and make sure that you knew that you weren't bad. Like, Amari knew she wasn't bad. <laughs> I don't know. I, but she, I, Manipulation. I, get, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's it's but, it's like a, it's like a, I don't I don't. The thing is, is that basically what we've seen of Dylan so far has not been great, and like we've seen the way that as magician girl, he's kind of manipulated situations to make Amari like or to to push Amari towards him. Yeah, while also not really standing up for her in the moment. It t- until this like last class where he sat next to her but I think also he probably did that because he knew that he was going to be talking to her later on anyway you know what I mean like mm-hmm. he had to set point, up a, a like, purpose for her to like feel comfortable around him well that um, and also like yeah like that and also just like I I deciding I'm gonna align myself with her just like period yeah there's uh, no turning back after they decide they're gonna meet. So yeah, or after he decides he's going to like reveal himself to her. Yeah. So then him sitting next to her in class is not as big of a risk. Mm-hmm. He has already made that decision. I guess is like the best way to say that. Yeah. I'm gonna see this manipulation no matter what because I don't trust him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> same, um, same. So. So we find out that he learned a lot of this information because he basically does a whole lot of research on magicians. Um, his parents think he's going through a phase um, and his dad is so paranoid that he forbade Dylan from talking to Amari. Um, and he's like, it's, and he kind of explains that that's why he's been standoffish um, because Lara would snitch on him essentially. Um 
But it also kind of seems like at this point, he maybe doesn't care about that as much anymore. Um, but he pulls out this book of spells uh, that once belonged to Madame Violet, um, who was one of the most famous illusionists who's ever lived. Um, and he gives the he gives the book to Amari. Um, it looks like a fancy leather diary with a little golden key attached by the string of black velvet. Um, and so basically Dylan is really serious. He's like, this is, these are secrets that I can't even tell my family. It's a really big deal. I'm like, are you someone that I can trust? Um, and Amari, again, instead of wondering if she can trust him, she's mostly just like, this is the only time she's like, or the only opportunity she's had to make a magician friend. Um, like she's just, again, she's been isolated and ostracized. And this is like her one chance that she can think of to, I guess, you know, be friends with somebody who is like her. So she's like, yeah, you can definitely trust me. And that's kind of where we leave that. Um, so Amari rushes back to her room so that she can um, look at this spell book. So she finds out the key doesn't work. So she's like trying to figure out how the hell to open this journal and it's not working. Um, and she's about to give up when her finger grazes um, a little bump on the spine of the book. Um, she There's like a tiny golden button, which she pushes and then the clasp unfastens. Um, and then on the first page, it reads... Well done. The first lesson in the training of an illusionist is this. Never trust. Take absolutely nothing at face value. In viewing anything, assume its appearance is false until proven otherwise. To this end, the very first spell this novice, the novice illusionist must learn is the extremely simple spell that casts aside illusions set forth by others. Um, I kind of like Madame Violet. Like, for this, mm-hmm. like, just the way that she's like, if you can't get past this, then like, we're not gonna be able to do nothing. Um, and like, how? But that's the voice of reason about like, look, if you you're an illusionist, you must know when an illusion is afoot. Okay, yeah. don't trust. And also, like, don't. Anything. And also, I like that it's not just like, it's not only. She's not only talking about like magical illusions. Like that book mm-hmm. literally just has a button on it. It's not some magical thing that you have to do to figure out how to open it. It's literally a button on the spine and there's a key there. So it's like a misdirection. You know what I mean? So it's just. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't trust nothing. Don't take anything. Trust nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we learn this first spell. It's a uh, dispel. Um, once you've read the entire page, shut the book point um with only your pointer finger and middle fingers extended wave your hand in front of it and speak the word dispel um so amari does this a warm sensation fills her chest like when you drink hot chocolate on a cold day which is like now i want that but you know that's beside the point um (laughs) the book begins to tremble bright red spots peek through the black leather cover um it continues to shake and the edges expand to twice its original size and gets thicker um, and then when it's finally done, there's a large red leather book with a lot, new lock and clasp and a shiny gold lettering across the cover that reads, so you want to be an illusionist. The spells and musings of Madame Violet, foremost illusionist of her era. I just, I don't know. I mess with her. Um, I think it's hilarious. Like the idea of, I'm assuming that Madame Violet is in the era post Night Brothers since that was, you know, time ago i just think Mm -hmm. it's funny that like they are this isn't a 
a legal thing and they're like, yeah, let me write this down. But also though, like you could People love to share knowledge. Yeah, but it's also disguised, right? Like it's also like, and it looks like a little, it looks like a journal. It doesn't look like it necessarily is anything suspicious um, unless you are able to open it. Um, My thing is, who is co-signing her being the most illustrious illusionist of her age? Go check like, her boo. She like might, who? She might have accolades. I don't know. I feel like Dylan said he was. She was pretty famous. Okay, but who, I mean, not who, that, like, not is, Dylan there's is, no quote. Know, but... There's no like, like you know, like person like quoted here as like yeah. or like an award that she was given. Like you know what I mean? Like I who's mean, maybe saying? She's just like claiming it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate the confidence. She's like, I am the foremost illusionist because I say so. I just or am love I that, because like, I'm an illusionist. You know what I mean? Like, don't take any right. value. Maybe not. <laughs> I just love that, like, um, Robin said he's going to check her boo because now I'm imagining her to be Sheree. Like, Sheree. now I can see. Yeah. She by Sheree is coming this summer. Oh, this spring. Or, right. This fall. You're going to trust the illusion. Trust nothing. <laughs> That's no one. Um, so unfortunately, before we can learn anything else, Amari is interrupted by Lara, who apparently so apparently Amari didn't like close the door all the way, or if she did, Homegirl opened it, which and has been both peeking into her room and recording her on her phone. Yes. Like I, look, when we get to MVP benched, ugh. I'm just like, can we talk about, you can't just be recording people on their phone, especially in their room with their door closed, they by themselves. And you're like, you see Amari rush to her room, you follow her, like, I'm going to go catch her doing something like, please. She comes into the room, kicks the door shut and lunges for the book. Um, uh, Amari clutches it to her chest and tries to run from the door. But Lara, again, has the super athleticism. So, um, snatches the book out of her arms. She's like, you're in so much trouble. They're going to kick you out for this. Um, they might even arrest you. Um, Amari begs her not to tell. And Lara says that she won't if Amari quits junior agent training. Um, which of course Amari is like, I can't quit because if she does that, she can't search for Quentin. Um, but Lara's like, there are only four spots and I won't risk you stealing one because everybody loves your stupid brother so much. It's either quit or get kicked out of the bureau. It's your decision. And I'm just like... Cool. If you're so, like... Like, maybe you should be spending this time that you're spending, like... Terrorizing uh, her. Terrorizing her. Being like, go to the library. What the fuck? Like, what mm-hmm. is wrong with you? Like, why don't you go study and find and, your computer and figure out what you're about to do? But, like, why are you then instead? But like, she she definitely knows that the people she cares most about getting a spot, her and her brother, are, like, almost certainly guaranteed those like spots. Like, Van Helsing. So she's only trying to block out Amar- those other two spots for two randos. Does she, like, promise those spots to other people? Like, what is the reason? Outside of you just being, like a freaking a-hole to Amari because you can. Mm-hmm. That's the, like, I, that's all I'm getting from this. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's it. I think you got three. I think that's the whole, re- that's, but that's it's it. just like, but you know what I mean? Like, at least if like yeah. she were, like, not that I would like, like her as a person because there's no way I would. However, I do understand bullies, not bullies, I do understand villains who have like, 
they have a whole plan and strategy in place in order to maintain their power. And uh, therefore, if she had like, like was like, oh, I got a whole strategy for uh, become a director at the youngest director ever at the age of 20. Cause by the time I hit 20, I'm gonna have all the, the junior agents that come in after me, like bowing to my will and boom, boom, bam, here I go. Like I would understand this like major strat, you know, master strategy behind what the F she's doing, but she really is just doing stuff to Amari. Can we just take a moment to celebrate and be in awe of the fact that Portia just said, I understand being a villain, but at least get a bag. Like, <laughs> but that's real. What's the point of being a villain? It's real. No, it is real. Yeah. It's like, you know what? There needs to be something in it for you. Otherwise, right. you're just being hateful, spending all this emotional energy being hateful. And what are you mm-hmm. getting? What do you get? That is short-term thinking when you have a full level, like you have enough power you and you've seen your power exerted. You know what you have. You can build a whole plan and a strategy behind you shaping and using your power and abusing your power. And yet here we are. Not even getting a bag. Pitiful. How sad. Um, all right. Let's go into MVPs of the chapter. I forgot how short this chapter was. It's it feels very like so short. much happened, but it's a very short chapter. Yeah. Um, I had a real hard time, guys. Me too. I'm not gonna Same. Lie. So Yeah. Um I'm and I'm not even sure I made I I saw that um Bayana put a question mark, so I put a question mark. Mm. I was like, we can I'm do just that. gonna own it at this point. I'm like, it is what it is. All right. Well, I'm giving Dylan the MVP. I don't like him. I don't like it. I don't trust him. I don't trust it. But he gave Amari some some. The tea was scalding. Okay, it was. That's true. Piping That's hot. True. He did. And then gave her this book that will help her become a better illusionist. And so it's kind of like what Portia was saying. If you're gonna be a villain, get a bag. Like if you're going to be morally ambiguous, at least be useful. Mm-hmm. I couldn't give it to Amari because I just don't feel like she, she she's really very passive it. in this chapter and she's just yeah, taking she left that information. Door open. <laughs> she, and then she left the door open. So, you know your existence is a crime. You know what you're about to read is a, like, not only close the door, but like go and sit it. in the closet. Come on. Lock it. Come on. Use the sneak you. candle. You know what I mean? Like, do it's the way I just want her to have some common sense. Like, just girl, like you, you got a black mama. I know she talks to you about common sense too before. Comfortable. I know you know about some common sense. She was too common excited. Sense. She was too excited. She couldn't. She didn't like. Excitement should never override common sense. Like, it should just on, it's child. it gets beat. It's just like struck in your brain. Common sense. Yeah. Common sense. Yeah. yeah. I wanted um, to give it to you, Omari, but I couldn't. But, but no. so yeah, I got to give it to Dylan begrudgingly yeah i gave it to madam violet because i just feel like you know she taught a valuable lesson that amari hasn't quite sunk in yet but maybe in a bit (laughs) it'll it'll, it'll get there for her um yeah moving forward you know yeah i honestly i i can't who do i mvp Mm -hmm. like i wanted to do madam violet but at the same time, I was also like, 
Madam Violet was enough wasn't forward thinking enough for me. So I just I just I can't give it to anyone, I don't think. I don't think anyone <laughs> deserves MVP. I think everyone needs to go sit and think about the decisions that they're making, especially Amari. Because I can't. I just couldn't do it. I could not force it. And Elsie wasn't in here, so I couldn't be like Elsie, because what's going on? Yeah, because Elsie. If Amari would have used a sneak candle, we could at least give it to Elsie for. Right! Know, That's true. Developing it. Oh, it, it, was yeah. a, it was a rough one. It was a rough yeah. one. Even if even if Amari had even been forward thinking enough to use a sneak candle, I might have gotten him to Amari. But no, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Do better. Be um, better. <laughs> benched. I said Lara, because mind your business. Get a bag. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I said Lara as well because not only mind your business, um, but it's like, girl, we bullying and now we blackmailing yeah. extortion. Like, are you not tired? Because I'm tired for you. You know? Shouldn't you mm-hmm. be spending this, like like we said, shouldn't you be spending this time instead of blackmailing Amari to quit, just making sure that you're better than, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. got Amari living in your head rent free. It's it's really hate to see it. Yeah, I'm benching both Ben Helsing twins, Laura and Dylan can both get it from me. Um, I think that it is very convenient that Laura was on the lookout for Amari after Dylan conveniently handed her a magical object. Mm. Uh oh. Um, I think that. Lara, as always, is being high key the worst person in the book, um, beside her father. Like it's like I, you would think the adult who holds the actual more better power here would be more even like more clearly the worst person, but like she very much is earning all of her benchings, and I'm here for that. Um, and I also just. I just need Amari to do better because, like, <laughs> I get it, but I feel like if I were in a situation, I automatically would have been like, oh, no, too many things are happening, um, especially the coincidence of Laura ready to be on the lookout for me after I just met her brother. Like, that would have been alarm bells, and I don't know if I would have trusted Dylan giving me something enough for me to not, like find a hidey hole on my way back to my room. Cause like, I don't know if I would want that. I like, she knows how much people are watching her, especially after that immersion thing, like how she had all those stairs at the end of class. And I feel like I would be on my, like, I got to be on some real sneak stuff because it's getting, it's going to, it's getting hot right now. I'm in a hot seat. Yeah. I mean, they told her point blank period when they let her stay, we gonna be on your ass, girl. And she right. said, let me open yeah. this uh, illegal paraphernalia with my door open. And the fact that I don't Laura, believe that her door not was only, open, I kind of do. I yeah, I'm it like, wasn't locked. Yeah, I think I think Laura opened the door and was sneaking it, but like at the same time, locked it, lock it, just lock it. Like, but also like the fact that Laura. No, my thing is like not only like the coincidence of it all, the fact that Laura was camera ready recording. Mm-hmm. 
when Omari was on, like, that's my, like, I'm like, that's too coincidental. I do not, I'm not with it. Both of but, them. But I mean, I don't know that it's completely coincidental. I think Lara's just been waiting to catch her on something. Like, I don't care. It's too, it's too sus to me. And I mean, I will say that, like, Dylan, if, if Dylan is to be believed, Lara knows his obsession with magicians. And so pairing him deciding to like buck trans and sit next to Amari during the immersion plus him disappearing since they don't live remember they don't live in the dorms they live at home yeah. so like Dylan's not around after he's already kind of acted outside of character for Laura in the sense of like I'm gonna sit next to Amari and and that just shows how little he has Amari's well-being in place because if he really were thinking about Amari's well-being top of the line he would do the most that he could to keep her from falling under anyone's suspicion as a magician and again I just think it's remarkably suspect of both of them but also I just feel like Amari closed the door like not that she didn't close the door I think she closed the door but like lock it yeah like I like I'm trying so much not to blame the victim because again like you were saying earlier, like, it does take you going through these instances, and these are the, like, times in your life, like, this is the ages in your life when you start approaching these, like, god dang, I gotta have my radar on for who I can and cannot trust, and okay, like, I need to, like, this is a sign that I can trust a person, this is a sign I can't trust a person, like, learning and pulling those out, but goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Then those villain kids is both of them. I don't trust, I don't trust any of them. The whole family. Bottom out, red ink in my book. Not doing it. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank y'all for listening. Um, no new episode next week. Um, we're going to take a teensy rest after the uh, very packed month that was February and Black Magical History Month. Um, but we'll be back the week. It'll only be one week off. We'll be back the week after that with Chapter 19. So that will be when we find out... Uh, what's going on with Amari in this blackmail situation? Is she going to have to leave the bureau? We don't know. Um, And then also when we can talk about, like, y'all can let us know what you would have done if Magician Girl hit you up and wanted to meet. We will also talk about that next uh, episode. Yes. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com Follow us on Twitter at Black Nerds Create, Yana Wrote It, at Robin Rambles, and at Portia. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Black Nerds Create. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter, and do not forget to rate and review this lovely podcast. Bye! Mm-hmm.